Folks, welcome to the Sidelines Podcast. I'm your host for this evening or daytime. My name is Court Sage Hard and I'm here with my other host. That's AP over here, Cordo. How you doing, buddy? I'm going well. I always say how you doing, buddy, as well. I know last week we touched on we do I do like a radio intro, but I always go, How you doing, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> You're getting into your your Zen like mantra. <laughs> Sitting cross legged on the couch. Very, very zen. Yeah. At one. I'm all about it, man. I'm all about it. <laughs> but now, how you been? Good, man. Good. Yeah. Ticking a few things over. Excited as always. We're still in lockdown. Yeah, but everything's happening. I'm yeah. playing golf again, so. That's a big thing. Yeah. We're start- it's starting to gradually ease for those out there, but then I think for other people around the world, they're starting to go back into a lockdown. Yeah, some shit's going on. Uh, that's a very brief way to describe a global pandemic. Yeah. Shout out to our friends in the UK. I think they're about to go back in or have gone back into something bad. Shout outs to all of our friends in uh, the US for the carnage and the chaos that's going on there. We hope everyone's good. We appreciate you listening and we're hoping that we can uh, bring a little bit of lightness <laughs> to your day. I was going to say, speaking of enjoyment. Yes. So as a common theme... With everything that's happening that I can't do much, it's now's <laughs> the time to start going through back catalogue. So by now you would have assumed that I've completely gone through all the back catalogue. But as everyone's aware of, I'm not very good at watching or staying or steering on the same track and finishing a show. You've got like the attention span of a current day 16-year-old on TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... um. So I will promise. I just I just like watching comedies and sitcoms. Like that's sort of that's my home base. <laughs> um, you know, Yellowstone, too intense for my liking. We found that out very quickly. <laughs> Game of Thrones, too long, too talked up. Yeah, this is this is how I roll. But get me on a Seinfeld, Friends, How I Met Your Mother replay. I've seen sixteen times. Sign me up. I'm there. Yeah, my zone. Um. But I recently watched, I started watching a show which somehow I didn't realize has been around for a very long time and it's called Always, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Mm. which I'm not very far in. I'm about a season and a half. Um, There's not many episodes in the first season, so that's also a little bit of a (laughs) stretch. (laughs) That's a stretch. But... um. I know that I got you onto it. I mentioned that I'd suddenly start up watching a show and you always have a raised eyebrow when I mention this, but shout out also goes to uh, Carol, who is an advocate of this show and highly recommend it. Uh, he's watched it numerous times um, and he's enjoying me watching it. And there's a few of us actually who've, who've gone back and you know, uncovered this gem, but I'll tell you what, this TV show doesn't get made now. Mm. That, that is the summary of the show. Yeah. Uh, it just far too crass. The, the PG police <laughs> just don't, they just don't accept this sort of show anymore. Which sucks. It's funny. Like, I guess that's the problem with comedy. It's like, there is the wrong sorts of comedy and then there's just comedy because it's funny, but there seems to, you're not able to sit on one side of the fence anymore. No, you have to be, yeah. If you, or if you are sitting on the fence, you're a piece of garbage. And look, oh, you know, some jokes you just can't do. And if you want to have a 
exposure firsthand of some jokes that you just can't get away with. Just watch his show. Um, <laughs> but I think the big one too, which got me sort of thinking, it's, it's sort of at that point now where I got all bummed. And this is also at the back of uh, Court. Courtney and I were talking about some comedy movies to watch. Yeah. And I did what I call the half-assed Google. And there hasn't been a single comedy movie released in about the last four years. Every every comedy now is... They're listing uh, Marvel movies as comedies because there's some jokes in there. Yeah, well, they had like Deadpool 1 or 2 in the last four or five years. And look, Deadpool's funny. Yeah, like, it's, it's hilarious. But... That's that, that's the only comedy, and it's like, geez, that's depressing. Yeah, it's an action movie that's witty. It's not a comedy movie. I think that's why I said. I think we used a lot of say, I was like, no wonder I'm such a cynic. <laughs> <laughs> but that's probably why we jumped on Cobra Kai. I mean, you talked about it in our episode a few weeks ago, and I was curious as to why you were going so hard in the paint. Yeah, and then I you went watched... and put it on. And was like, oh my god. Yeah, and then you texted me the next day, and you're like, done. And bought us matching Cobra Kai t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't it just depressing that, you know, in five years, it just might not be comedies. Well, well we're there now. I mean, there is a small percentage of me wonders, have we now hit that age where we're old people that whinge about what the kids are doing? No. No. And I'm going to make an argument for it. Okay. Which is the fact that, they're still the biggest sitcoms in the world are some of the most watched television shows. On the planet. On the planet. Yes. So, Friends and Seinfeld, they flick between every single free-to-air network on a yearly basis. Yes. They just play merry-go-round. It just depends who's got the cash to buy it and who wants to lock in a certain amount of viewers. That's just it. That's, that's all they do. But if those shows weren't funny, and they're watched by, you know, Everybody. People of all generations. Well, I think Friends is one of the most widely uh, translated show in the world. Sorry, dubbed. So you can go on YouTube and there's like, type in Friends Japan and it's dubbed over with Japanese actors. And it's, it's weirdly just as entertaining <laughs> to me. I don't understand much Japanese at all, but it's still just as entertaining, even in Japanese, when I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and look, the... And this isn't a, I like one more than the other. I know some people are just like, Friends is crap, Seinfeld's crap. But it's like, ultimately, they're two all-powerhouse sitcoms. Yeah. But there hasn't been another, like, nothing of recent years has even come close to being that kind of dominant comedy show. Well, I had a friend who used to tell me they liked Big Bang Theory. I now, I haven't spoken to them since. Yeah, I hope that's how that relationship went. Yeah, I wrote them out of my life. (laughs) Once they said that, because I initially I was like, <laughs> yeah, no, no way, man. They're like, no, nah, no, nah, honestly, give it a shot. I, I won't give it a shot. And <laughs> this drink at the bar is over. Goodbye. Good luck with the, the child that's due. <laughs> I and won't be meeting it. See yeah, you later. See you never, man. Have a good one. I mean, there was a YouTube clip where someone took out all the studio laughter from Big Bang Theory and replaced it with Ricky Gervais laughter. <laughs> and that's the only time I've ever found the show entertaining. Just the awkwardness of that. But no, it speaks to a bigger problem that we talked about where if you get so restrictive on what you can do, you limit creativity. Yeah. And so now we find ourselves in this position where I'd rather watch Dodgeball, for example. And yeah, there are jokes in there and I'm like, oh, can't do that today. But we're mature enough to go, well, I'm obviously never going to say that, think that or do that in the real world. So it's okay to have a laugh at it. Yeah. Um, 
And if everything becomes so serious, like think about the most serious people you know. They're boring. <laughs> yeah. Like I go to my serious friend if I need financial advice. I don't go to them to like entertain me at a restaurant on a Friday night. Look, and you're right. Like, and then there's like, again, with the TV show landscape, now every major network has to have the most grippy, thrillerish, dark shot. Yeah. Like if you don't have a Viking or a loose <laughs> background pirate or dark Roman themed television show in your Friday lineup, <laughs> you've already lost. <laughs> Everybody jumped on the Game of Thrones wagon hard. Like all of a sudden every show coming out, you're right. Roman Emperor meets sexual deviants in Rome deviants. I feel like all it did was just, you know, ruin the world's stock of fur coats because everyone's <laughs> got to portray that they're in winter climate. <laughs> but look, I don't want to delve too much, but look, anyone out there who wants like a good show, um, yeah. And look, I'll, I'll premise, I'm not going to come back next week and be like, I'm off it. <laughs> well, essentially, we're two dudes in our 30s going, for folks out there that just want to have a laugh and watch something dumb, we found a show that you might not have seen, like Cobra Kai. Yes. Basically, the Sidelines podcast, we'll treat it in a political sense. We are coming out, we're endorsing, we're publicly endorsing Cobra Kai. And it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Are we going to get like an Oprah season. badge? You know how Oprah like stamps shit? Oh, the books. Yeah. Sidelines Book Club. Yeah. Sidelines TV Club. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Live on air creativity. There you go, people. That's from um, the hip. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Cobra Kai. Always sunny in Philadelphia. That's it so far. Yeah. There are two comedy shows. Yep. No dramas. Yellowstone no. did not get a badge. Well, I, we got half a badge because I gave it half a badge. You no, gave there's it no half and badges. Took it back. This isn't half badges. Okay, so it's it's go hard or go home. Yeah. Okay, done. I'll agree. I'm going to push <laughs> over. I'll let it slide. Nice. So, other big things of the week. Yes. We have to talk about it. The elephant in the room. TAFO Grand Final Week. Yes. Get about it. For our international listeners, our beloved home pastime sporting event. Some of you probably find it a little boring when we talk about this. We'll promise we'll be quick, but for our diehard Aussie fans, they want to hear us bag it out. Yeah, so get up and about. <laughs> now, before we deep dive into this, I'm counting. We need, we've, we've got the stamp. We want to go to the scoreboard because AP tinfoil hat was bang on. The cons- Yeah, the AP conspiracies. Brisbane Lions did not get to the grand final, and also neither did Port, who also shared the most home games. For the season. For the season. Yes. West Coast didn't, but they lost, but that, that I'm not about that. But they hubbed twice. Yeah. So your theory was that, much like Richmond, who seemed to never leave Melbourne, the current modern-day pressures of the sport means that staying at home and having your home ground is a huge advantage come the end of the season when the mileage starts to take a toll on the body. Yeah. And so by proxy, this is the year that Brisbane and Port would go better because they had their own hubs. Yep. And Lo and behold, ground. they didn't make it. This has nothing to do with performance. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does because if the umpiring is against you, it deflates performance. Very true. But look, credit request you... I'm not happy that Richmond or Geelong are in the finals. 
I would just like to point out that when Alex Markham was on our show and we were talking about the grand final and I said Geelong, there was eye rolls from the both of you. You Yeah, because you're willing it into existence. Yeah, well, and I feel like if you go back to the audio, maybe this, maybe I've invented this in my head. I feel like one of you was like, what? Oh, Geelong. Oh, look, it would have been me. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, the one positive to come out of it is Baby Gaz, the goat, retiring with a flag. That's the one positive that I'm taking out of it as a motivation to cheer Geelong on. No. <laughs> Not about it. So what, you'd rather Richmond win? Uh, I feel like at this stage, if Richmond win, it's sort of just, they kind of just are like, oh, yeah, you know. Yeah. I can deal. I don't want it. I don't want either. Yeah. But so what you're hoping for is like Queensland torrential uh, coming into summer, bit of tropical downpour game gets cancelled. That would be great. That would be, that's, that's dream scenario one. Yeah. Dream scenario two is that somehow uh, the game's good. Like that, that would actually be enjoyable. Like it'd be actually really good because for all, all intents and purposes, I actually enjoyed the start of Geelong Brisbane because they were scoring. Yeah, it was intense. Like they were actually trying to score. There was things happening, and I was like, "Oh, this is actually like a really enjoyable game." Yeah. Um, if it was like that, to be honest, I'd be happy. Yeah. But I'm kind of not backing on it. <laughs> well, Tom Hawkins has had to isolate. The Geelong key forward has had to isolate from his teammates due to an undisclosed illness. Now, the first sign of trouble is when your teammate has to face up to the press and they go, he'll be fine. I'm sure he'll get up for the game. I'm like, no, he's got (laughs) something. He's out. (laughs) Could we see a coronavirus outbreak in Geelong the week of the grand final? That would make me happy. I mean, I don't want to wish that on anybody, but it'd be pretty cool. Take that back. It's terrible. But, but look, I I think it's going to be interesting, um, but I just don't think it's going to get, you know, people are real salty about like, oh, first time in ages that there's, you know, two Victorian clubs and to be like, yeah, well, I don't know. What well, are you the, do? the AFL's frothing because they get their two marquee players who aren't the best players in the comp, but are marketed as such. So it creates an illusion that they are. You've got Dustin Martin, Patrick Dangerfield, all the posters and promos are the two heavyweights of the comp going head-to-head, blah, 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 blah. Gary Ablett might get his flag. Richmond will now officially become a dynasty. You've got all that crap out in the media. Meanwhile, Jeremy Cameron has announced that he's leaving Greater Western Sydney and going to Geelong. So once again, you've got the two teams in the grand final and both have now plucked the big fish free agent from the league into their teams. So, look, I probably got more up and about about this. Yes. Less so than the AFL because this really annoyed me. Well, it's relevant to world sport because yeah. it's a growing issue in world sport. So, I'll give some context for those who aren't heavy involved in our code or, well, they're not interested. So, <laughs> 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 either way, um, the AFL likes to think that they're the NBA and the NFL. They do this thing where they like to steal stuff and make it feel like they're cool. Yeah. That's why we have flat peak hats now. Yes. And, and why our commentators, if someone gets a goal, go bang. <laughs> like I think is it Mike Breen from the NBA. Yeah. yeah. So there's a bit of there's a bit of stealing and look, respect, it's always gonna happen. Um but in terms of our player trade market, the 
the AFL has, for the recent little bit, introduced free agents. So it's not new. It's been around for a little while. Yeah. But effectively, free agents get to pick what they want. Not unheard of or common. The back end bit of it is that we've got a monopoly in the trade period where your club can't trade you where they can get value. Yes. So if I play for Essendon and they're like, we're kind of done with AP, turns out he's not a good footballer. (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't laugh. (laughs) And they go, they kind of go, well, we want to trade him. And I'm like, well, I don't want to go. They're like, well, yeah, well, that was a good, that was a good talk. Yeah, let's carry on. Yeah. If I do go, oh, look, I actually want to get traded. I nominate which club I go to. Mm. And the team on the side basically gets to pick. So you've got this economy that just completely favours the players. And mm. I don't think the AFL understand. Oh, man, they probably do. You'd hope so. Um, but I don't think they had to fix it. I mean, the last time the big free agent signing was Buddy. So Buddy was supposed to go to the GWS, yeah. which the AFL was all about. Yeah. Ready for that. Going to help their new team. And then he went to Sydney and they cracked it because <laughs> that wasn't what was supposed to be done. And they took away the living away from home extra salary allowance that the two Sydney teams had. So they punished GWS for it when they didn't do anything wrong. Yep. And they, I believe they also did draft sanctions, uh, trade sanction, trade or draft sanctions, one of the two. Yeah, and they took regions off their academies too. So areas in New South Wales that could no longer get exclusivity over to recruit from. So when it suits the AFL can go hard in the paint. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but now, and like, I actually don't mind the free agency thing. I'm like, fine. Well, because like, it's after like seven or eight years service or something for your club. So there is a level of loyalty or like you've done your time with the club. Yeah. But but the issue is, the other argument is, the club's also sunk a shitload of cash and time into growing you into a commodity that's valuable to everybody. Yeah, so you're now a known commodity. And look, the AFL's in a a pickle where the AFL Players Association is never going to relinquish this trade rights thing. Yeah. uh, And the AFL doesn't know how to get out of it. So what I've done is, I've spent approximately 20 minutes max, and I've figured out how to fix the AFL. As always, putting in the time to prepare for our shows. Yeah, maybe 21 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> I'm kidding. But yeah. Um, All right, I want to hear this. So You hyped it up on the phone. I want to hear it. So, mind you, I'd like to point out that the AFL hasn't done anything yet, and they pay people to do this shit. Yeah, they so, pay a lot of people to do a lot of shit. Um, you, you, you sit there and you go to the players, fine. Trade where you want, all good, boom. You go after the clubs. So, the rule is if you finish in the top four and you know, a little bit of a premise, there is a reason why that's very important, which I will divulge later. Mm. But statistically speaking, if you finish in the top four, you're probably going to win the flag. Or you're more likely to. Yes. If you finish in the top four, your salary cap for the next year is diminished. In general, or if you sign a big player? Uh, I haven't decided yet. <laughs> um, you sound like the AFL, which is making look, it I'm up o- as you I'm go. Okay with, I'm okay with a team who doesn't make the grand final um, or being the premier to kind of be i guess we'll call it in the category to get a hit if they then get the the next salary you know say it was all right well, here's a great example brisbane yeah. brisbane just signing joe danaher i'm okay with that because they didn't you know they finished top four they're about to top up that's a great play but this if they win so say geelong win and they get jeremy cameron their salary cap next year decreases 
Okay. So they get a 5% or 10% hit. Again, I don't, I'm don't. i not an accountant. I don't know how they do all their stuff. I'm just going to say 10% because it's a good number. So what it means is, is that you can't just have top-up dynasty clubs. Yeah. So yeah, they might win one more, but then it's effectively the inverse of the luxury tax of the NBA. So again, for those who don't know how the NBA works, you have a hard salary cap, but because NBA teams are owned by wealthy guys, they have a provision where they can go over that salary cap. Just when they do it, they pay a tax. They pay a tax. What's it called? Luxury tax. Literally, <laughs> literally called the luxury tax. So every, but every year you go over the luxury tax, it stacks up. It's like a really aggressive multiplier. So you could dominate for one year, maybe two, but then by year three, your club's forking over cash. Yeah. Okay. So all this does is like, yeah, you know, Geelong could come out and win back-to-back flags with Jez, but by year three, they're really. They're really starting to pinch how their salary cap works. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll, that, that makes sense. Look, that was my half ass attempt. I yeah. feel like it's the best attempt that I've heard so far. <laughs> well, the, yeah. <laughs> the underlying issue, I suppose, is for a long time we've liked that footy isn't European or American in the sense that any club theoretically had a, sh- a chance at doing well. The draft was even recruiting and trading was relatively even. It sort of came down to if your club has good people and it's run well. You know, we have equalization measures to stop wealthier clubs spending more than the others. We don't want it to become like the English Premier League. I still, I mean, I don't live in the UK, so that's fine. And I love Liverpool, I always have. And they were a spud club that has now become the powerhouse. But you don't want a situation where four or five clubs have all the talent all the cash, all the success, all the big games, and everyone else is effectively just making up the numbers to make them feel good. Yeah, if your team isn't a chance of winning, because the AFL loves the message that you know anybody could win on the day, that's statistically not going to happen. <laughs> I'm not blaming the AFL. But even more so is if you can't even attract players. So I use Kangaroos as a great example because I was talking to um, my mate Bronny the other night as we shot hoops. But... um. He's just like we're gonna play. We're gonna pay overs, far overs to any player on the market, and they still say no. Yeah. So it's like, what's the what's the point of even trying? Yeah. And then you don't get trade. You your players leave, and you get bad trade picks back because no one wants to give you good ones because they don't have to. Yeah. So again, that's my little rant. Rant. I always have another one tank, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I dig it, respect it. Watch this space. Yeah, give me give me four hours, and I'll get you a damn good spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving along. I'll lighten the topic because I saw this the other day, and I lost it laughing. Right, the Peruvian soccer league, good old South America. They feature heavily in our punters club. Good multi area. Oh, really? Is that because there's always these like big powerhouse clubs and then a bunch of shit clubs? So your little like dollar ten favorite is always a lock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a Peruvian football club the other day signed a player <laughs> whose name is Osama Vin Laden. Not Bin Laden, Osama Vin Laden. Osama Vin Laden Jimenez Lopez. 
Now, the V is pronounced B in Spanish anyway, so it's basically Osama Bin Laden, Jimenez Lopez. Um, his brother's name is Saddam Hussein. <laughs> so his nutty-ass dad was infatuated with everything that went down during 9-11 and the uh, resulting Iraq and Afghanistan conflict. And I don't know if quite cottoned on the sort of gravity of that decision, just sort of saw them as like big name and thought they were cool. Called his kids Osama bin Laden, Saddam Hussein. Was then hoping when the uh, third child was due that it was going to be a girl because the intention, uh, sorry, hoping it was going to be another boy because the intention was to call the youngest child George Bush. And... (laughs) This is a true story. I know, I'm, I'm not just making shocked, I'm this just up. shocked that it's. So yeah, that uh, that made the news this week. Uh, so yeah, look forward for those that follow the Peruvian football league. Uh, Osama bin Laden coming to <laughs> a football field near you. But it got me thinking about crazy sports names. I made the mistake of googling all-time crazy sport names, and was appalled slash overjoyed. <laughs> At some of the like shocking names. Now, many of which are older, 50, 60 years plus. So they just haven't aged well. Fair point. They were kind of common names there. But when you look back now. Funny. Hilarious. (laughs) And look, also when you look back now, it becomes quite apparent that they're only hilarious now because they're like little boy humor (laughs) names. So some of the classics that I found were Dick Pole. Baseball legend, apparently. <laughs> Pete Lecoq. <laughs> These are real names. My favorite, Dean Windass. Dean Windass, depending on how you want to pronounce it. <laughs> Another one which was my favorite. An NFL player called Richie Incognito. I do. I like that name. It makes me laugh. The best part about Richie Incognito, he is massive. He's a big dude. He is not incognito in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. So that's just a funny pun. That's yeah, a funny situation. He's a pun. walking pun. Like those movie characters, like, oh man, my cousin Slim's coming to bail us out of jail, and then a massive fat guy comes. Or vice versa. My cousin, like, chunky, heavy Timmy comes, and he's like, you know, 50 pounds and five foot one. <laughs> um, Boof Bonser. Great name. Cannonball Titcomb. That's a cool name. That's a cool name. Even though the surname's a little off kilt. Anyone that's called Cannonball. Yeah, peak. I feel like it puts a lot of pressure on you, though. Do you ever find that, side topic, do you ever find that um, some names for sporting guys and, and whatnot, it's like if, if they didn't become an elite athlete, their name is completely redundant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hi, uh, we're, you know, we're uh, just calling you about the job you applied for at McDonald's. Um, Am I speaking to Cannonball Titcomb? Like it's, <laughs> you know, it's a waste. Imagine being a HR person and you're trying to find like a junior accountant for your firm, and you're getting applications from Cannonball Titcomb or Buff Bonser. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's it's almost like they're just calling the shot. They're it, willing it into existence. It's brought, but to be fair, would it also allow you to get employment when you don't deserve it? Because your name is so iconic that it stays in everybody's psyche. Also true. 
definite factor. I don't know about you, but if we, like, you know, we've spoken, eventually we're going to, or soon we're going to get to a place where we put out adverts for graduates or people that want to come and get involved in the show. I don't know about you, but if we got resumes with people stacked in radio experience, social media, digital marketing, but if I got someone that said, I drink beers, my name's Buff Bonser, <laughs> are you trying to tell me you wouldn't be like, I... <laughs> I think would have a hard time saying no. Yeah, exactly. At least interview stage. Yeah, exactly. Well, look, another one that I came across, which was hilarious, is <laughs> Chad Okasinko or Okachino. I never can say his name properly. Not that yeah. pronouncing names my strength. Ochasinko, Okachinko. Legend, Okachinko. legend NFL player though. Yeah. Great name, Chad Okachinko. Great name. But this is my favorite thing. So he got busted and he got sentenced to 30 days in jail for violating his probation. I don't know what he actually did to be put on probation in the first place. Anyway, he arranges a plea deal with the judge who agrees to set him free. So he's there with his lawyer. They arrange a plea deal with the state, prosecutor, etc. All good. You can go free. To celebrate the judge saying, okay, you can go free. He's then turned... And slapped his attorney on the ass, like sports styles, like, yeah, and slapped him right on the butt. The judge has then seen this and gone, nah, stuff that shit. And she's then rejected the plea garden bargain on the spot and sent him back to jail for violating probation. Good. Love that. That's amazing. <laughs> um, all respect to the judge. Clearly just doesn't play that shit. I don't want that in my courtroom. Um. And then when he got out of jail, a few years later, he ran some contest uh, where the winner, if they did something correct, they would win a brand new Lexus for him. Unfortunately, old mate Chad Oko, Cinco, Chinko, Binko, whatever his name is, didn't actually bank on anybody <laughs> winning. And so someone won a Lexus and he then backed out of giving away the free Lexus that he'd offered up in the competition. He got sued. I mean, he's definitely losing that. Yeah, and had to cough up a Lexus. There's another thing I know. Americans do not like contests which they cannot win. Yeah. I mean, look, we had Jonah on the show. I feel like Jonah would not stand for that if he'd fair and square won a Lexus from Chad and Chad then tried to get out of it. I mean, that's that whole McDonald's. That's why that damn McDonald's Monopoly thing's been going for 45 years. I think it's been <laughs> going longer than Monopoly has. <laughs> oh, McDonald's Monopoly. Yeah. Have you ever seen... Uh, here's another thing. We see people that win competitions all the time. Have you ever really seen lots of coverage around people that win those things? No. Like the Macca's Monopoly? No. Every year, win a car, win 50 grand. Never see these people. I don't know anybody winning shit aside from a small fries on Monopoly. Yeah, free Sunday. Try again. Or like those people that enter competitions to like win a house and then you might see a photo of them with the sort of chief executive of the building company. But it almost looks like they're there at gunpoint and then someone's just giving them a hundred bucks to pose for the photo. Like you don't see them moving in. No. You never see it like, oh, we're here on moving day to give you the keys while the truck's pulling up with all your crap. Is this your tinfoil hat? Yeah, it might be. <laughs> You want you want to do more research? Yeah, because I'll, I'll talk to you about it off air. Because there was a competition <laughs> that I entered recently, and I was looking at the winner's photo, and I was like, "That's staged. <laughs> they don't look real. <laughs> it's Photoshop. There's no one actually in the photo next to him." That's right. So the person in the photo 
had a shadow, the two winners, no shadow. That's oh, what I remember that's saying. Dead giveaway. Yeah. Then I thought, is this, am I inventing, like, is a shadow there? But my mind's so strong on conspiracies at the moment, I've invented no shadow. <laughs> Whole nother <laughs> kettle of fish. Anyway, just wanted to bring up funny sport names and old mate Chad getting sent back to jail for slapping his attorney's ass when he, <laughs> he thought he'd won. <laughs> but look, on that, funny you mentioned the other conspiracies because that's what we're going to talk about next. So... <laughs> Um, we put a little bit of a teaser out on our socials. Yes. We. we. Me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talked about it with Jonah too. Yeah, that's true. He's keen. So. Our, our foreign US European correspondent. Rest of world. Rest yeah. of world. Rest of world correspondent. Yeah. Um, but look, we're, we're chasing up some feedback and some, and some uh, conspiracies we want to look in. Yeah. Um, but we thought we'd, we'd, uh. Get a bit of a taster out there. Yes. So, the first couple of yours, because I've got my one that I did. I did. I had this one for a while. Yeah, yours is a doozy. It's it's a relevant sporting one. I pulled out a few because they're. I thought they were they're a good toe dipper. Mm. A little bit of just sliding the foot into the pool of conspiracies before everybody gets as weird as I do and starts to think the whole world is like we're in the matrix. But um, here's a good one. Basketball, 2014 NBA Finals, San Antonio Spurs going up against Miami Heat. The battle of the aging Spurs, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili going up against LeBron James, the Miami Heat, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, I think. He was still there. He was still there, but was he not playing because of his blood clot issue? No, no that he was still yet. a thing. That's right. Ray Allen. Yep. Now, here's a doozy. I think it was game four in those playoffs. LeBron James goes down with cramps during a game. Heat exhaustion cramps. Now, the story then came out that the air conditioning mysteriously failed in the arena during the game. I completely buy into this one. I don't know much about the temperatures and climates of the US states, but I would have thought Miami and San Antonio... Florida, Texas, it's not a huge disparity in temperature. No, but you've got thirty to 40,000 people in a stadium all sweating bullets. It's getting hot. Also, <laughs> also backed with the, the combination that the Spurs were then built to be the sub, I think it was the sub one second or sub half a second. They're all about passing the ball and being, like, they're a great team. Yeah. So they were like, again, on paper, as a team, we will beat. LeBron, because he was just chalking up genuine minutes. He was everywhere. The guy was... So, again, I completely buy that suddenly their air conditioning didn't work and it was all... They just turned it off. But that's the beauty of conspiracy theories. We love to think that somewhere in a room, a bunch of people, like stadium management, were like, we could shut off the air conditioning systems. Yeah. And then exhaust these pretty boy Miami Heat players as they roll into good old San Antonio. No, legit. And our old seasoned veterans can handle the Yeah, the because heat. they're all playing 22 minutes anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the other doozy was the New Zealand rugby team before the 95 World Cup final in South Africa. Now, this was big because South Africa had come out of apartheid. Nelson Mandela was the new president of South Africa. Huge moment in history for the world. 
he then decided uh, that a good way to sort of bring the country together would be for him to really get behind the nation's rugby union team because they were hosting the World Cup, you know, most well-known South African sporting team. So he decides to put himself at the forefront. So he's there at the games. He's rocking the South African Union top, looking like a baller with his little hat and rugby jersey on and stuff, (laughs) coming to the games, waving, getting everyone fizzed. Now, what they did not count on is New Zealand rolling into South Africa with a young teenage Islander winger who is effectively a train on legs by the name of John Alomi. I thought you were going to say me. No. Now, for that World Cup, you also got a letter from Essendon saying, <laughs> no good, we want to trade you. Um, but, yeah, to be fair, got good quads. But, look, this young uh, Islander boy, my, um, young Maori, flying down the wings, bulldozing people. The famous footage of flattening one of those English players where it was like uh, when you're, like, little brother or something, you made them, like, hold up a cushion and try to like run into them in the land room, and they just about go through a window. <laughs> like, it was that kind of thing. Anyway, they make the grand final. The night before the grand final, half the Kiwi team got food poisoning. And the next day, one of the coaches blamed it on a mysterious waitress called Susie, who delivered them food. Classic and beverages. Susie move. Yeah, classic Susie. I don't know a lot of Susie's, but I feel like that's a good name for a dodgy person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, who's that witch? Susie. <laughs> no, that's not a good name, <laughs> but you know what I mean. <laughs> anyway, I mean, years later, apparently one of the coaches said half the team got in the piss the night before the grand final and they drank milk and that's what made them sick. But it was still nice to hear that story. But now we come to your conspiracy teaser. Okay, so I've touched on this one before, yeah. but now I actually did some research, which just backs up what I knew anyway. The Western Bulldogs winning the grand final was willed into existence by the AFL. Really? I'm going to tell you why. Okay. So A, I'll start at the front. I'll start at the front end, actually. Okay. The most one-sided free kick count in grand final history, statistically I speaking. I have heard this. What what was the count? Uh, twenty to eight. Ooh, and let's be fair. I can guarantee you, four of the Sydney free kicks would have been in the last six minutes. It's a classic AFL move. Yeah, I didn't do that for much research. I wasn't watching a replay. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't give me that stats because they know I'll get. I'll prove them wrong. Yeah, well, this is the beauty of conspiracies. You pick and choose information to suit your narrative. Yeah, exactly. I'm the king of it. Okay, that's good. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> so rigged. Now, the reason, there's two reasons why this was such a big deal to have Western Bulldogs win the grand final. Okay. So I legitimately did some research, which I know you find shocking. So aside from my 21 minutes I spent on trying to figure how to fix the tray spirit, <laughs> I spent another seven minutes collating a table in Excel. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. In the last 30 years of football, what do you think the what do you think the overarching vibe of where the ladder position means to the victor? High up, right? Yeah, yeah. So outside of the Western Bulldogs, who were seventh, yeah. there has only been one team in the last thirty years outside the top four to win. 
Whoa. Which was Adelaide back in... 97 or 98. Uh, it was actually the 98 year. Yeah. So they were fourth in 97 and fifth in 98. Outside of that, not a single team outside the top four has won, bar the Bulldogs. And again, I feel like there's a bit of a narrative going on at the time where it was seemingly like, what's the point of even being in the finals if you finish fifth to eighth? You get to play a grand final, you're probably going to win one. Like maybe you win one, but then that's it. You're making up the numbers for the big boys. Yeah. Yeah. The double chance is too much and there's no point. There was that. The other double down narrative the Bulldogs, struggling Melbourne club, haven't won one in friggin' ages. Was it like 50, 60 years? Yeah, you know, yeah. the West, get around the West, <laughs> all this shit. Yeah, we need the West to win because just quietly, we the West is now growing massively in soccer supportership. Bingo. You took the words right out of my mouth. Oh, mind. did I? Yes. Sorry. No, Sorry. I love it. No, see, you, you've got the, you've got a taste it. for it. You've got a taste yeah. for blood. We're in, we're in the zone here. Yeah. <laughs> So, absolute bullshit. The Bulldogs, look, you still got to win the game, but when the AFL has given some marching orders to make it a thing, it's more likely than not that you just got to rock up and do your job. Again, <laughs> narrative of conspiracy, it's going to happen. That's my big... And then what happened next year? Oh, oh no back-to-back. I don't even think they made the final. Weren't they also the next team to not make the top eight after yeah, winning the flag? Tried, yeah, they didn't make the finals the next year. What a coincidence. (laughs) (laughs) And the AFL got its juicy marketing with beverage giving Rob Murphy, Bob Murphy the medal and yeah, all that shit. And the big membership kick to the dogs. Look at that. Yeah, that happened. Suddenly they're not an absolute basket case and they're able to go around. Look, I don't know. I actually don't mind the the dogs and whatnot. Um, But again, just a little bit. That's my take. I love a good conspiracy. (laughs) Awesome. Well, look, for people out there, we did, we put stuff on social media saying, get in in touch with us, write in the comments, reply back your favorite conspiracy theories, slide into our DMs if you so choose, email us. We want to know whatever conspiracy theory you've got, big, small, bizarre, even just make one up and just stick to it. Like do a Trump mode where you just say it enough and make it real. We want to hear it. Yeah, I've thought of like six conspiracies while you were saying that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Um, last segment. Yes, we've got some listener questions. Yes. So we put out a an ask and you shall receive. So we're going to run through a few of the top ones. Mm-hmm. So I'll start. Okay. Because I'm still talking. Yeah. (laughs) So from Deb. Deb, yes. Has Dan Andrews been instructed by China to keep Melbourne locked down? Oh, straight off the bat with a conspiracy question. I love it. Has Dan... I could see a small percentage reason that that could be true because the federal government has pissed off China and the federal government is in the process of enacting legislation or has enacted legislation to kill off that Belts and Roads deal that the Victorian government struck with the Chinese government where they were going to come in and basically build train lines, stations, Mm. infrastructure. So maybe it's like a punishment to Melbourne. But also just 
There's a whole bunch of China shit going on at the moment. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm saying it, and I've literally pulled that out of my ass. <laughs> I've connected <laughs> multiple dots that don't need to be connected. But that's a that's not a bad one. Oh, is there something else at play? Maybe Dan Andrews got busted doing something in Beijing last year when he was there. <laughs> and now they got him blackmailed. Shut the economy down, drive the value down. Then we come in and buy cheap. <laughs> I don't know about this one. Yeah, this is why we stay out of politics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll go next. This is from Renee. This applies more so to you now, used to me. Have Has growing ponytails helped... Uh, the hosts of the Sidelines podcast get the girls more so than short back and sides hair. Look, I would just flatly say no difference. (laughs) (laughs) For us, when we are six out of 10, doesn't matter what the hair is. Yeah. When the face lets you down (laughs) instantly, you're cooked. No, same, same. And the other issue, I suppose, is if the hair was amazing and you're picking up, I feel like you pick up way dodgier people if they're into long hair, don't you think? Yeah. If you like you open yourself up to a few more weirdos. I don't know, my hair annoys me. I don't know how it could be anything for anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one. From Steve. Yes. Did Sam Newman get banned from Barwon Heads Golf Club for a fight and club toss? Ooh. Now I got a message about this. So I'm going to read out the details that I got. Okay. Apparently he's on trial, but absolutely shanked a shot and threw a golf club in a fit of rage and then proceeded to throw his golf club at and hit another member in the head. Ooh. Very recent incident. Well, it would also explain why he has not been on the front page of the Herald Sun for the last four months demanding golf courses get opened up because it doesn't matter anyway because he's not allowed to play. Yeah. I mean, he did a few protests way back when, but he's been quiet recently about it. Yeah, he literally put on golf gear and sat at Parliament Steps. (laughs) And it's just like, as a golfer, I'm like, can you just shut up? You're giving golfers a bad name and you're a multi-millionaire. Can you just go back to your giant mansion? He has like, he had like a, he's got a $45,000 indoor golf setup. It's like, just shut up. Living like a baller. Yeah. Well, apparently he's been booted from his prestige golf club. uh, I'm going to say yes. Yeah, interesting. Okay, now this one, you let slip before that you were playing basketball with your mate, so I suspect this is your mate and this is where it's come from. Jason wants to know, what is AP's field goal percentage on a street basketball hoop? And he's given a range of 0 to 10%. (laughs) (laughs) Look, to be fair, I've got a sweet spot range, which is unfortunately about a metre inside the three-point line, which isn't very good. Because it's that's statistically the worst spot to be good yeah, at. Yeah, that's like a dead space to be kicking, sorry, to be shooting hoops from, right? Yeah, but it also works out for me because I'm quite short and all the tall guys hang out in the paint. So I need to be away from them for like far enough. But I also don't have the range to consistently hit threes. <laughs> so it's a re- it is a real predicament. <laughs> it's where mediocrity can be elevated to average. Yeah. Look, I give it a solid, on a good day, I'm 20% from 
from my mid-range zone. Well, you said zero to ten percent here. No, I'm giving myself twenty. Yeah, it's de- an extra ten. It's definitely probably five to ten on. The- when we play those dodgy rings that are supposed to like protect from people dunking, do you know those rings? Yeah, the yeah, double yeah. rings. Yeah, the and, double rings. Yeah, and you hit the you hit the ring, and effectively it bounces back with more pace <laughs> than what you actually had the the first one at, and it makes no. Since they probably should look into it to um, build like perpetual motion machines because that's where the secret is on how to build that shit is these <laughs> rings. Um, BS. Love it. So, from Josh, who would win in a bare knuckle fist fight, Dan Andrews or Mark McGowan? A lot of political questions. Yes. Well, Mark McGowan is the WA Premier. Daniel Andrews is the Victorian Premier here for us. I'm going to say Mark McGowan. Now, I know I'm from WA, so I'm biased. But I don't really like Mark McGowan that much. But Mark McGowan has one of those faces where it's always red. <laughs> so I feel like he runs hot. You know what I mean? Daniel Andrews has a bit of a tall, geeky, gawky kind of vibe. So I feel like he was probably that dude back in high school where if some shit went down and you didn't know him, you turned to him for support, but then realized it was a futile request because he was bringing nothing to the table. I feel like Dan would be sneaky. You also feel like. I see how you can say that, but I just feel like suddenly there'd be some footage of Dan in some under 16s amateur boxing thing. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I also feel like if McGowan was like, right, Dan, you and I are going to fight, he would not show up and say, unfortunately, we were locked down in house arrest, so I couldn't make it to the venue. (laughs) Right. Now the final one, which is a cracker. Okay. Um, So this comes from the rest of world. Yes. Uh, okay. Would you rather attend a concert of your all-time favorite band in their prime or a major event for your favorite team? Ooh. That's actually kind of easy for me. My favorite team's free and <laughs> nothing of note that I want to go back in time and watch. So I'd have to say... Early 70s Led Zeppelin in an arena. I was actually going to probably pick Led Zeppelin or Hendrix. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, no, you know what? I'll go the Beatles. The rooftop concert for the Beatles. That'd be pretty cool. Just sitting on the side, watching them do their thing. Oh, we're going to expand on this question. If you could pick one of... If you could just pick a general sporting event that you could have gone out and been at, what would you have picked? The 2016 AFL Grand Final, so I could have taken binoculars <laughs> and watched to see the main corporate box to see if the AFL Chiefs were sort of up to something. Do you know what it would have been? It's literally Quidditch in Harry Potter when Hermione gets the binoculars out and sees one of the wizards sitting there doing stuff. That's Snape, Gil. Professor Snape, <laughs> Alan Rickman. Yeah, Gil's there doing some sort of casting a spell over John Longmire, so he changes a few matchups. But what, what sporting event do you reckon you go to? Oh, it'd have to be MJ dropping a bucket against the Jazz in the 98. If you didn't say that, NBA I would have guessed that you were going to say that. Yeah, because, I mean, it's, it's too good. The man's exhausted. A few seconds left in what was at the time the greatest basketball career player ever. The pressure was off the chain. He made it look easy. And I think being there in a Bulls jersey and hat in a silenced Utah crowd, it would have been epic to just stand up and make all that noise because everybody would have heard you. I've, you? Got, I've got a couple. 
because again, I hadn't really thought about this. It's easy for me to ask questions and then think about my answer later on. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I can manipulate how it worked, I think I would have a hard time passing up Adam Scott's Masters win. Yeah. And I say, I manipulate a few things because I don't want to just be on the golf. Because when you go watch the golf, you kind of can't really follow the players around. Yeah. You're kind of like real deep. So I'll premise it. I'd like, I want to be like real close. And somehow Scotty knows that like I'm the other Aussie. And he's just like, yeah, but that's a bit too far. But just, So you'd be there in like an Australian singlet. <laughs> not not full bogan, but at least just being able to follow yeah. him properly in that last sort of those last days because that would have been really cool. Or probably just an all-time Super Bowl, like Joe Montana makes the throw and it's yeah. the catch. Um, again, all those ones where it's always like a comeback or a last-second shot. And there's not, when you really think about it, there's not a whole bunch that happened at the pinnacle of any sporting event. Yeah. I just thought of one quickly too. Sports one. Etten Senna's uh, Grand Prix victory in Brazil. So the first and only time that he won a Grand Prix in his home circuit. It's a few years before he died. His gearbox blew with about six or seven laps to go and he couldn't change above third or fourth gear. So he's stuck in one gear in the rain in Brazil with hundreds of thousands of people that have year after year shown up hoping to see their, like, basically God have a win. And he was so exhausted from the busted gear stick, you know, steering in the rain. In those days, those cars were just like a tin box with wheels and an engine that was way too big for the car. So they had no handling. And he was so exhausted that when he crossed the finish line, he couldn't move his arms and get out of the car because his whole body just locked up. And there's this amazing footage of him like screaming at the top of his lungs when he grows over the finish line. That would have been sick. And then the crowd, I've never seen a crowd like that where it looks like everyone is just pinging off the ceiling. That would have been cool. I also just thought of another one, and then I think that'll yeah. do it. This is a really good one. We probably yeah. should just uh, <laughs> thanks, Joan. You got us on a rant. Um, the big Rafa v Federer Wimbledon match. That epic, epic, but was just still still dubbed as the greatest match of all time. Yeah, but I don't think the one I can't remember because there was two. They kind of blend together a lot. Yeah. Um, but definitely the one that Federer wins, obviously. Yeah. So. So you can give him advice on uh, how to market himself post-career. Yeah, you're going to look sharper. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. All right. I think that about wraps it up. Any other conspiracy sports ones we need to get off our chest? No? No, I'll I'll keep them. We'll save it. Um, So, look, yeah, that will be be our new series. So we've got one more sports movie breakdown to do. Uh, which is Blades of Glory and Talladega Nights. Once that's done, our new segment that's going to be coming is Conspiracy Theories, where we're going to break down ludicrous conspiracy theories and try to sell them in as much fun as possible, right? Yes. We also have another sneaky uh, special coming. Yes. Tell the peeps. So I don't... How much do you want me to tell? A little bit. A sniff. It's so, more relevant to our Aussie audiences. So we're going to create the all-time what-if AFL match. Uh, we'll be calling back some of our guests. So it's going to be a present-off. Yes. So there's going to be 2v2 making your case on the best team in 
an AFL landscape. Yes, but we won't reveal what those teams are, but it'll be fun and we're going to be seeking people's input to do it. Yeah, so we'll have that out there so people can come back in, give us the input. Um, you know, stay tuned. I'm probably going to change the rules later. I'll make up some caveats so that effectively <laughs> I win. Be some spread cheating. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks very much for listening in, folks. As always, the sidelines.com.au is our website. Get on there. There's lots of good articles. There's Jonah's article from a few weeks back, which is a cracking read about the stories your dad used to sprout as to why he never became an elite sports person. Phenomenal stuff. Um, you can find us at the Sidelines Media on all our social handles. And there's links in our bios to all of the platforms where you can listen, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe when you do. That way you won't miss out on any new episodes as soon as they come out. Free, on demand, <laughs> high definition. <laughs> yeah. Thanks again, folks. We appreciate it. Thanks, God. Thanks, folks. <laughs> See you.